Hello and welcome to a new episode of the CTO show with Mehmed. My name is Mehmed and in each episode I discuss different topics from tech and business. Sometimes I talk about digital transformation, cybersecurity, emerging techs, and sometimes I discuss about business topics, especially in the areas of startups, entrepreneurships, and solopreneurships. And as you know, from time to time, I have with me on the show some guests who are thought leaders who I would like to gain from them the insights that they had over the years from their experience. And today, I'm very happy to have with me Dr. Priscilla. She's joining me live now. Uh, just a quick introduction. Um, Priscilla, she's a founder, moderator, author, and keynote speaker with extensive experience in business, venture capital, and innovation. Thank you very much for being with me, Priscilla, today. Uh, and if you just want to add anything about yourself and what you do, and then we can start to take the conversation from there. Thank you a lot, Mehmet, for having me. Yeah, I, uh, I'm Priscilla, I'm Swiss-German, and I'm the founder and CEO of my startup Network X. And I'm something what you call female solopreneur. So, and I wasn't happy to share my experience and my learnings that I had so far. And um, yeah, thanks for having me, Mehmet. Most welcome. Actually, I'm pretty much interested in knowing what brought you to become a solopreneur and it's a matter of fact that it's more hard uh, for a female more than a, a a man usually so i'm really interested to know a little bit about what uh, was your journey like and how it went and if you can share like some insight for fellow um, you know entrepreneurs and uh, people who are interested to become solopreneurs also as well <laughs> um yeah I would say it that way, like most, there are a lot of parallels between dating and entrepreneurship uh, in the way that most people that are single are not, did not intend to be single, but would be happy to be with someone that's suitable. And however, realize that it's better to be alone than with someone wrong. And the, the same thing you have with co-founders. So I had two co-founders and uh, it didn't work out. Um uh, I lost my technical co-founder, what was uh, specifically hard. And then I decided due to that experience that it was like fight or die thing. So I, I decided to continue even without my co-founder. Um, and I don't regret it. However, if someone would have told me, like I was an employee uh, most of my life, that hey, create a business, create a startup all by your own, like all by yourself, I would have been too scared. But I think it's good that I started with co-founders and I, lo I lost them because I would not have made that decision by choice. Um, yeah, so, but I, I think it's, uh, I don't regret it. It has also a lot of advantages. So I can just encourage you to go for it. And I also have brought some advice with me that helps you um, to, yeah, manage it as a solo founder. Yeah, I'm asking this question early on the show because usually I ask it later, but because we started from here. Um, yeah. I Myself, I also left the corporate world and I became kind of a solopreneur currently. Do you see it as a trend? And if yes, why do you think it's now a trending, you know, topic of becoming a solopreneur? Mm, I'm not sure if I would call it trending. I think 
it's getting a bit more acceptable. I think you have probably the same amount of solopreneurs, but people would like ask their friends or relatives to put, if they are allowed to put them in the pitch deck, because it was like, basically as a solopreneur, you didn't have any chances. And nowadays, I mean, it's still that um, a lot of investors, most investors are not investing in solopreneurs and which kind of is uh, discriminating. And the, the reason for that is that obviously as a solopreneur, like everything, at least um, from objective point of view lies on your shoulders. And there's a lot of pressure, even more pressure on a solopreneur and there's no backup. So uh, VCs are scared of that person getting hit by a car, getting sick, especially getting a burnout and then the business falling apart. And, um, but I think it's, it's getting better. So at least there are more and more angels. Also, I think some VCs that are investing in solopreneurs. So I think uh, people are more open about being a solopreneur, uh, not necessarily that there are more of them. I think it's just, they are being honest about that. So, yeah, I, I get your point. Now you mentioned something fundamental about, you know, getting investors and so on. Now, when I was looking at your uh, profile and the work you did, it seems you did a lot of efforts when it came to networking. Can you share a little <laughs> bit more about how this part is important to build the network? Even sometimes, personally, I would say before you, you start, how, how you can, I mean, enlight this, uh, this part? Yeah, I think you you mentioned a really important point. So a network is not something that you can switch on and off like a light. It's something that you build. And the good thing is it grows then exponentially at some point, but you have to start early. So it's not like the biggest mistake people do is that they start networking when they need something or someone. Mm -hmm. And that's wrong because it takes time and no one wants to be used. So the only way how to build a successful network is to be generally interested in people, meeting them, trying to figure out where they want to go and how you can support them. And then things start coming back from other sides, from somewhere people also start supporting you. And it's like a like give and take kind of thing. And as a solopreneur, it's specifically important because I mean, not just as a solopreneur, for whatever you want in for whatever you want to do in life, you will not be able to do it by yourself. It's like even the idea generation of a startup, it's like it's like puzzle pieces coming together from different sides. So it's like the best advice I got at the beginning when I had my ideas to talk to people and I would get little tweaks, uh, little um, additional ideas. And that's how it formed to became what it is today. And also like for me, one essential part for actually being where I am now with my startup was that I invested heavily all the time, even now in partners in collaboration and collaboration means giving and taking, not just taking, right. Mm -hmm. um, and um, building up a network to investors. Like I didn't, I bootstrapped, so I didn't get investment, but if I want to raise, I have a network. So with investors, it's specifically important because they are being flooded with pitch decks. So you need warm intros. So if you just write them, it's like you're one of, I don't know how many hundreds or thousands. So um, that's where you need uh, uh, contacts. You need contacts to other founders so you can learn from them that you have some sparring partners. You need a network um, for, you know, how to 
like to get advice to, uh, I don't know, get advisors, board members, customers. So for everything in life, you need a network. So if people tell me they are too busy for networking, then I think that's so stupid. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I have to agree with you because when I was younger, I did this mistake and I was thinking, yeah, you know, like with all the ideas I have in my mind, with all, you know, the tech that I can come up with, you know, I don't need network, but no, I agree with you. This is 100%. What changed that, Mehmet, for you? Like, did you have like one incident where you thought, okay, is that open your eyes or? Uh, that's good that you are now asking me the question and thank you for asking me this. <laughs> for me, it was like a, not one single event. It was like a series of events that after it, okay. I, you know, like you start to see a pattern, right? Okay, the first time you try to do something, I don't call it fail, I call it learning. So, ah, you learn something <laughs> here. And, and then, you know, this learning yeah. is it's like you're a continuing education. And, you know, at some stage you graduate and you say, hey, listen what, you cannot do this by yourself. You need to go and build the network. You need to, you know, put the base. And then after that, you continue. So yeah. for me, yeah, it was not like a one single event that caused this. It was a series of events and it took like, 10 years almost until I, I reached <laughs> there, but better late than never. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Now you, you bootstrapped your business and again, I'm biased a little bit and I, uh, always like get interested in any entrepreneur or solopreneur who bootstrap their businesses. I'm not against, you know, raising funds, of course not. Um, but from your experience, really, what, uh, or let me ask this way, when do you think is it right to bootstrap? And when do you think, no, this business cannot be bootstrapped, it should immediately go and get some funds from somewhere? Okay, so I think it's right to bootstrap if you don't have another choice. And I think that's the biggest thing. So uh, I when I started, when I had my idea and I started to get into some startup programs, basically the programs would be focused on, you know, you need to fundraise and the bigger the ticket size you get and the more famous investor is, then, you know, you made it and you are awesome and you are succeeding. And um, there it was already that way that uh, investors were a bit more risk averse. So you would, uh, it would be really hard to get funding without an MVP, for example. Mm -hmm. And then there came this warning letter from Y Combinator that, you know, the next 12 months, it will be really hard for founders to raise funding. And a lot of big startups would let people go because they would have problems or would go bankrupt because they have problems to close the next round. So when you get, I don't need to tell you, when you get investments the first time, it's like basically taking like a nose of cocaine and you are like hooked and you need like usually startups raise like every year funding and you are growing usually you have more stuff and you're growing faster than your cash flow would allow it. And so you're basically dependent on getting the next, basically a shot of money than the next year, right? If you don't get that, either you need to shrink or actually some go out of business. So that was one thing. Now you had the incident with a Silicon Valley bank. So investors are, even though it had nothing to do with a startup side, investors are even more scared. So I think we are going now away i think it was also kind of a bubble away from you know it's like oh it's innovative we throw money at it to something like 
startups are treated more like normal businesses, so they are evaluated much stricter and it looks is basically I think startups now need to grow more sustainably because not everyone is getting funding actually funding is getting quite hard and usually it's getting you are getting it later so most companies need to bootstrap until a certain point where they have a proof of concept uh, they have a product market fit and if they want them to um, expand fast when they already have a product revenue and customers and so on, I think then nowadays you probably uh, like get money, yeah, if your business is yeah. scalable. But before, I think it's not much of a choice. Like most startups or many startups don't get funding anymore because too high risk, you know. So, yep. Yeah. Yeah, got yeah. it. But now, now you you do also. You, you do like venture capital um, work as well, right? Am I correct? I, I did. I did yeah. in the past by, by chance. Yeah. Yeah. So even if it was like um, maybe short, but from your experience working there, right? So how this influenced, you know, your way of adopting new trends, technologies and business model, like how this changed your, I would say, perspective to these areas? Uh, I, I think it's changed in the way that I know what VCs are looking for, which is helpful. So um, basically, if you know what they're looking for, I think it's always an option. In ideal, you always have it as an option that you can take investment or you can sell your company. So it's like I'm trying to set it up in the way like I'm not there yet, but that's not entirely dependent on me, for example. Uh, I set it up in the way that it's scalable. Um, I set it up in the way that we have from the business model reoccurring revenues. There are some buzzwords that VCs are totally keen on and that helps. The other thing why I'm not that keen on venture capital, so I'm more keen, like if I would take investment, it would probably be more from angels. I don't exclude venture capital, mm -hmm. but um, so when I was not into that area and I read this headlines in the newspaper, oh, this startup got... 200 million and so on. I thought like, oh, so amazing. They're so successful. But uh, when you're in venture capital and if you have some honest words with VCs, they will tell you, get venture capital as late if uh, as possible because your conditions are better. So you give away less from your company and get basically more money or avoid it because you're probably aware like of the cliff investing phase so basically, you're making yourself a slave of the VCs. Yeah. Um, so it's like really tough and you're not really entirely control in control anymore of the strategic direction of your companies. So there's always someone with a whip behind you. And um, yeah, it's also something that you don't want. And, and if something goes wrong, like in the cliff phase, they can kick you out of the company and you end up with nothing. And th these are things like, early stage founders, I think, glorify venture capital and VC money is not free money. It's mm -hmm. a contrary. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, actually, this resonates with, um, you know, a couple of people, either I uh, interviewed them here on the show or I spoke yeah. to them in real life. And the number one for them, in addition, you know, to what you talked about, to bootstrap exactly the last point. They said, uh, I would fail by myself rather than, you know, someone kick me out of something that I have started. So, yeah, yeah. So it's like uh, something we will see a lot now. 
really what I'm enjoying is that you have this, you know, holistic, I would say, experience. Mm-hmm. So now I'm going to shift gears about something you did also. So you have experience in advising board, risk and crisis management, strategy innovation. So from your experience, and I'm asking this question again, because people who are going to watch and listen to, to this episode, I'm sure that they will benefit if they are about to start a business or, you know, start a, have a new startup. So what do you think are the most critical factors, right, for businesses to remain competitive, especially we've seen changes coming really fast nowadays. Like you can have one thing that comes today, it disrupts the market completely. Uh, I, I think one important thing, so I talk a lot of with people, so I have a network, not just in my niche, but literally globally and across all disciplines and sectors. And there are a lot of trends that are affecting everything, like AI, for example, but there are also a lot of um, trends that are in certain industries and in certain, um, I don't know, in certain, these are all bubbles, you know? And by being in all of these bubbles, you're aware of trends really early. And it's not just that you're preventing risks, but you are learning a lot about interesting things that you could adopt and you could make your business better or you could tweak your uh, business with. And uh, that helps. And also the network really, like even if you don't see things yourself, people in your network, if you have a good network, they will come to you and tell you, you know, this might be interesting. So you're also getting a lot of opportunities Mm -hmm. and, um, just this access to opportunities, to knowledge, to, uh, you know, um, really key figures in the world that support you, it lifts you up and it protects you. So that's one key thing, I think. And also, obviously, additionally to talking to people, I do a lot of reading and, and all kinds of things. So it's like, you never can get comfortable. You always should uh, be excited about learning and, and, and trying to figure out where is the journey going. And you should be excited about it. It shouldn't feel like a pain. So it's a lot of mindset. Yeah, yeah. Speaking about mindset, like also while I was, you know, preparing for for the episode, I know that you have did some adventure sailing across the Atlantic, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So the reason I wanted to ask you, you know, like first I was hesitating, should I ask or no? But because um, from you know my preparation, I know that this kind of you know, shape the way also you do business. So I want to hear this from you and what are the valuable lessons, you know, uh, you have learned and how you could share this experience to, to the audience. Okay, uh, so the thing is, I think people are romanticizing sailing across the Atlantic. Um, it's really, I, I love sailing and sea and I think it's really good for your mind and it's really relaxing. But the relaxing part is like island hopping. And there's usually you uh, meet animals and you see people and so on. But if you do blue blue water sailing, um, it's basically like we were nearly three weeks on the water and you would see stuff the first three days and maybe the last three days in between. Most of the time, like there's nothing. Everything is moving. Everything is like you're um, basically more or less on your own or with the people you sail uh, you get sleep like like not enough sleep. Um, it's uh, you are in storms for days and all these things. Mm-hmm. And the the worst thing with that is that it's like you can't just change your mind and say, okay, I'm getting out of this boat because you're in the middle of the ocean. And I think it's 
comparable to a founder's journey is like you can't just say like wake up one morning and say okay i'm done with it it's like and here have it or like having a child is probably similar and um i think you really one of the what i found one of the key success factors as a founder is your mindset and how well you are able to um, deal with your emotions. It's like, that's the foundation for everything. If you're not on top of that, it's like everything will crumble and you can literally destroy your business within a day. Um, and that was a really uh, hard learning within my first year of being a founder because the volatility, especially at the beginning is so high. It's like some days you, it feels like you're winning and other, feel like everything is falling apart and you need to deal with that otherwise it, it destroys you wow that's uh, really i would say eye-opener uh, because i was just trying to visualize it as you said you you are in in the water for i don't know days and you cannot see anything so yeah um, that resonated quite well with me um we will coming to an end priscilla just i want to ask you uh, about your current startup network x like how it's helping uh, innovators and exclusive clubs around the world. Like if you can just uh, give us some, uh, you know, information about your startup. Yeah, um, Network Network X, it's called, uh, is a lead generation platform for the most exclusive clubs in the world, like business, private members, service, polo, yacht, golf, automobile clubs. And um, it helps the clubs to solve their challenges in the area of overaging, diversity and inclusion, growth, expansion, member inactivity. On the other hand, like my aim is like, I was not born with a silver spoon in my mouth. So I built up everything by myself and I'm really proud of that. And uh, one big factor to building up my world-class network was joining exclusive clubs. So I joined my first clubs club by accident because I got a management award from them and then I looked globally when I was working always for similar clubs and um, I tried to figure out like why other amazing people that are young and want to change the world why they are not in these clubs and there are different factors they don't know about them they think um, they don't know about the requirements so they think they are not good enough or they don't have any members that would recommend them because they don't know anyone so one thing for me is I want to help people to build up a world-class network independently of their social, ethnic origin, um, gender, sexual orientation, just amazing people that with a good heart that want to change the world. And basically um, you can sign up on Network X for free. And if you're accepted, you can basically, you get suggested suitable clubs for you. And uh, my aim is basically to help people to achieve the same as me, probably in less time and um, with less, you know, effort and pain. And um, yeah, so that's my mission. That's yeah. that's great to hear that, Priscilla. Like uh, I'm always, uh, uh, you know, fascinated by any um, uh, startup founder, uh, solopreneur, whatever. Sometimes, you know, now we we see also like new namings like indie hackers, <laughs> nomads. <laughs> Whatever you want to, whatever you want to call them, but um, yeah. these people like who, who are trying, like yourself, trying to you know leave the world as we say a better place than we, when we found it. Especially you know if we can give you know um, back 
to society um, solving the things that at our times maybe we were not able to find. So um, I really uh, you know, appreciate the work you're doing. And as I said, I was pretty much fascinated by, by all the work you have done. Um, Thank you. Any final thoughts you want to share before we, we come to an end? Well, I want to thank you because I think you are inspiring a lot of uh, founders or founders to be uh, with your podcast. So that's your way you make the world a better place. So thanks for that. And thanks for inviting me. And I mean, for me, it's like I encourage everyone to connect with me and reach out. So if I mm -hmm. can help, I'm always happy. Uh, and also, if you want, so I published a best-selling book. So I'm happy to share the PDF for free uh, with, uh, with your audience. Amazing. So and, what, yeah, please go ahead. Uh, I, I just want to share one thing. And, and the future is bright and everything is possible. And I think that's something that you always need to keep in your mind during COVID, during war. It's like you, like you as a single person have an impact and it makes you feel so much better about the world if you don't feel like a victim, but you go out and do something and make other people's lives and the world better. So I can just encourage you. Um, it's like, and even if you're employed, it's like you're not tired, you're uninspired. And like, honestly, like I was a risk consultant. So I'm probably one of the most risk averse people in the world. And I find being a founder is worth it. And it's not as scary as you might think. Wow. Yeah. Like, I think this is the best message ever. Someone who used to be working in the risk department and... <laughs> really but it's very inspiring yeah. and really thank you for for sharing this message Thanks i would make sure me. also to share you know the website and you know how you can uh, get in touch uh, with priscilla on on the episode uh description whether you know on your favorite podcasting platform or on youtube well thank you very much priscilla again for being my guest today uh, <laughs> thank and, you Thank you for uh, everyone who would be watching this either on YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe to the channel. If you are listening this using your favorite podcasting platform, don't forget also to subscribe and please tell your friends and colleagues about it. And I hope as usual that you enjoyed the content today. And if you have any use feedback, any questions around this episode or the show in general, please don't hesitate to get in touch with me directly either by email Twitter or LinkedIn. Also, if you'd like to come on the show and discuss any topic related, I would be more than happy also to have you with me here. And as usual, I will leave you and we will meet again in the next episode. Thank you very much. Bye bye. <laughs>